Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns. I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who are bringing some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week is no different as we dip our feet into the fine art world with Mr. Adam O'Day. Episode 130, we come to meet Adam through the work with Aeronaut. We love what they're doing over there. They're super supportive of the arts. You learn about some exciting things that are happening. You can follow along with Adam, Adam underscore O'Day, and then AdamJOday.com. Another AJ, All Day O'Day. It's a, it's a great episode. I really enjoyed it because, as we said, Adam is a fine artist. He does shows. Uh, just you know, we talk about when he recently closed, and what I really like is allows me to ask questions that you know somebody who's maybe more established in that world or understands a little bit better would probably not ask or would have asked in a, in a different way. But it's really conversational. It's really laid back. One of the the compliments that we're really proud of that we get from our guests is that we really make it very relaxed. You know, and it's not stuffy. Uh, you know, we have a, a good vibe. And um, it's, uh, it's one of the sources of pride here. So I think this is a good episode for that. Great insight into folks at different stages of their career. Just kind of uh, interesting life stories and experiences shared. And just uh, kind of goes along, you know, another chapter in our, you know, uh, the jobs that we don't love. But uh, we do help kind of build, uh, build the story and tell it. And Adam does you know, a good job of that as well. So I think you're really going to enjoy this one. I think it's a you know, good perspective and insight for people at different stages of their career, whatever that career may be. And um, we'll kind of give you a little, a little preview. But one of the quotes when we were you know, going through the editing that really kind of uh, stuck with us, you know, we'll kind of do a little intro teaser here for you. But just said, uh, you know, couldn't got, have gotten here without giving up a few times. And so, you know, sometimes when you fall down, it's, it's important, you know, because you, you're trying and you're putting yourself out there and you're, you're taking chances. You know, you don't always hit home runs. You know, you can make a lot of baseball and sports analogies. But I think that was really, you know, really profound and honest. And so I think you're, uh, you're, in, for, you're in for a treat here. Now, before we get started with episode 130, just want to quickly thank everybody who participated, you know, came to Maine, was a part of Hubbub. You know, the Art of Craft Beer event that we had in Bridgeton, Maine. Firstly, I want to thank my partner, uh, Will Holmes of Standard Gastro Pub and All Roads Hub for, you know, collaborating, working to, to bring the space to life from the Redemption Center and just really, you know, driving it, especially the fact that, you know, we're not local in Maine and just making sure that, uh, you know, the machine was running and things were going and we really had a, you know, really had a great experience. You know, I want to thank uh, Maggie Gagliardi, Dean McKeever, Dan Blakesley, Heidi Geist, um, Laura Bramley, Erica Mohus, uh, Phil LeBlanc uh, for, for coming out there. Special thanks to, to Ryan Adams. He visited us with uh, his newborn baby who is beautiful and his wife and daughter, you know, the, all the girls. And uh, Ryan came out and we had uh, some extra space because uh, unfortunately we had some... Um, uh, cancellations, no shows, however you want to classify it. And, uh, you know, he brought some spray paint and he, you know, he bombed up the Art of Craft Beer and did a really cool piece for us that we're really excited to be able to share with you. You know, the artists were, were drawn all over the walls and, you know, it was just kind of a, it was a great inaugural event. We had a wonderful beer. We had our Mr. Short Shorts on. 
the collaboration that we did with Charlie and the team over at Norway Brewing. We had Definitive Brewing, and then we had some some wonderful cans from uh, Vitamin C. So uh, much love to to Dino and the crew there, and it was just uh, it was just a great couple of days, and we really had a, just a, a lot of fun. You know, the food was was incredible. Mommy Street food. We had O there. Uh, high roller lobster. We had a great dinner on Friday night that was catered by you know uh, Chef Justin over at um, Standard. So it was just uh, it was just a really uh, sensory. It was a full experience that we really you know just uh, were honored to have been able to put put on. We still got some T-shirts and glasses if you're interested in picking up those. Uh, shoot us a message, and uh, we can confirm that was uh, year one of the event, and we will be back same time. Uh, next year, I believe the dates are September 26th. So, I want to thank everybody for coming out. We'll uh, definitely have some more information to, you know, to share with everybody. But uh, I could probably ramble on, you know, with that, you know, for hours, and that would be, uh, you know, we're still pushing to do the, our main episode. So maybe we can include it with that. Do a little wrap up with um, with Heidi about 48 Beer Project, and see where where things go. So, let's get into it. Episode 130. Adam O'Day. You're listening to this 16 ounce canvas. 16ozcanvas.com is the website. Use that hashtag, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the same, 16ozcanvas. Keep in touch. My name is AJ. This next cat is AJ as well. So uh, Team AJ, AJ all day. Mr. Adam J. O'Day, right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas. The Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Very excited to have with us today a fellow AJ, Mr. Adam O'Day, checking in from Abington, Massachusetts. We're going to put Abington on the map. I mean, it's probably on a map somewhere, but we came to learn of Adam through his work he's done with Aeronaut Brewing up there in Massachusetts. And I uh, just want to really thank you. I know you're, you've been killing it. You've been so busy lately, man. It's uh, fun to follow along, but I just really appreciate you, uh, you know, making the time today to, to join us. Hell yeah, man. AJ's for life. I know we just said it in the pre-interview, but uh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like I like that too. Yeah, we got a few of them, and I uh, always uh, always dig the AJs and trying to figure out what they stand for. But uh, for folks uh, scoring along at home, want to follow along with this adventure, Adam uh, underscore O'Day, and then uh, you can go to his website, Adam J. That's where we get the AJ from, O'Day.com, O-D-A-Y.com. So, yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of your work. I really love you know you do some larger scale pieces, you know, a lot of uh cities and the really vivid and beautiful stuff. You know, most recently when we were uh bothering Adam to try to lock this down, he was working on a huge mural, which I think will be revealed by the time this uh episode goes live. So he just finished up an art show at Curate Creation two fifty in, in Massachusetts and in Lowell. And uh, yep. to say he's been busy, like I said, is uh, is would be an understatement. So you know, again, thanks, man. Yeah, the uh, the big mural, which is the latest project, is being unveiled this Thursday. Um, what is it? What's Thursday? The fourth, the fifth, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it all runs together. I think the third today. Yeah, yeah. I think this Let's is the see third. the third. Yeah, this Thursday the third at you know four to six in Kendall Square. In Cambridge, but Mass. it's in Kendall Square, so. You know, you don't need to go to the unveiling to see it. It's open to the public, you know, 365 days a year. Yeah, what what is that like? I mean, the idea of having this piece that's not, that's just going to be always there. It's, I mean, it's pretty amazing, when you, especially the scale of it from the photos you sent me and some of the sneak peeks you've been posting. It's really, uh, it's a massive canvas. Well, that's, you know, the thing about doing public murals that I like is that, you know, kind of 
strips away that like snotty museum feeling where it's like only these things are important. Like anyone can do a mural and then the entire public can see it all the time. So that's the cool. I really like that aspect of it. Um, yeah, you probably get a lot of folks coming up to you, right? And just kind of just staring at you. And it, I mean, you're inspiring people just by doing it, right? Oh, yeah. You see somebody, I mean, you got construction workers that's, that's coming up idea. and they're like, dude, you got to put a shock in there for me and put my name underneath it, you know? That'd be cool. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they check back in with you the next day and he's like, where's the shark at? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's mostly positive, I would say. You know, I have... I have mostly positive experiences out there. Yeah. So, like I said, you're uh, follow along Adam underscore O'Day. You really, you've uh, you, you're doing all sorts of stuff, which is really cool to see because it's it's just a fun it's a fun experience and it's a really diverse amount of you know locations and, and sizes of your pieces and uh, you know I, there's one that I really like. I'm trying to uh, look up the name of it. It's uh, Kind of, it was like a small town, almost like a traffic light. I think you did call it like a small K town or uh, study that turned into a full blown insane asylum. I'm just reading off of your page, but it's really just cool to see the traffic lights and how it all comes together. And it's one of those that when you pull back, you see something else. And when you kind of dive in really close, you can see, you know see really the intimacy and or the details of it. So I, I've uh, it's been fun kind of uh, going through your your catalog and your portfolio to to experience some of these. Uh, you know, again. Yeah, I try to. I I've been trying to do like sort of two main series over the past I don't know five to ten years, and um, you know the first one is more of an observational series where I do cityscapes and landscapes and you know things that exist in reality, and then the other one is more like you know structures piled on top of each other and like random sharks and pieces of meat flying through the air i mean it's very like you know that that's more like personal work um and some of that stuff has made it onto the aeronaut cans which is awesome because they they kind of let you go free with it you know they're not like so controlling they'll just kind of give you a concept and let you go with it which is cool that is cool now before we get to that part we you know we kind of tease come the current day but this is we're gonna take a step back and kind of uh go back to you know all day o day what's kind of what's your story you know adam how did you you know find your your love of fine art and you know kind of just you know, take us back in time a little bit and uh talk about yourself well people always ask me that how did i get into this you know it's kind yeah. of an unlikely career as they say but um i think for someone like myself who's like constantly you know having crazy ideas you know it's, it's a good way to get all that energy out and uh you know growing up I had really religious parents and uh we had no cable tv so I was I was very much um inside my sketchbook and ride my bike a lot I just kind of feel like if you know, if, if maybe I had more TV and video games that I might not have gone down this path, but you know, the more I did it, the more people encourage you and they say, you know, you can, uh, if you, if you develop this, you know, you can make something out of it. And I always liked that idea. And then, and then you have other people that say, 
you know, you can't, you can't make a living at this or you can't spend your time doing this. It's, it's ridiculous. And then that, that also fuels you because you're like, ah, oh, well, I'll show you. <laughs> and then, you know, there were times like after college where I thought that and I don't want to do art anymore. And then I would just like throw cans of paint at the canvases and just like dump paint down the canvases. And I would think, Oh, well, actually this is fun. Like making expressive art is fun. And like actually hating the art turned into that expression, which turned into my style kind of like couldn't have gotten here without giving up a few times for sure. Worked for the Navy after college as a as a naval engineer, which was uh, also a little like strange for me. Worked for the Department of Defense, but that was another thing that like fueled my desire to paint because you'd be in the you'd be doing schematics all day for the Navy and then come home and and there's nothing that feels better than to start painting after that. I don't know. That was like six years ago that I quit the Navy job. So that's pretty much a brief history. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, you pretty, you, you whipped through it really quickly. How did you decide to, were you, did you enlist in the, in the Navy or is it more just like a, an outside contractor? Type yeah, I was, a, I was a contractor. My friend Tyler said, Hey, I know you paint pictures, but do you think you could draw boats? <laughs> and that was like how that interview got set up. Cause he just like, you know, wanted to get his friend hired so that we could hang out more. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just ended up doing these like pretty cool projects actually like got to do, uh, some virtual tours of the inside of Naval ships so that like they, you know, they could give it to sailors so that they could like get acquainted with a boat before they, you know, spent a few months on the boat. They could uh, study up and, and take a tour through the boat. You know, you ever seen those like virtual tours on hotels? Yeah. Like, yeah, where you go through and you see the rooms or like when you're looking at to buy a yep. house, you can like go kind of like. Exactly. So, was... so you, so you, so you would draw those schem almost like schematics up? Well, we would make the tours with photographs stitched together and then you could kind of just like scroll through and walk through the rooms virtually. And, uh, each thing that you would see inside the room would be a hot spotted. So you click on that and then inside those hot spots would be the schematics. Okay. And, uh, and then okay. we were also doing that. We were also doing the drawings. So if there was a modification, our company would, would be making the drawings as well. So it was pretty involved. Yeah, it seems pretty. Yeah, it seems pretty pretty detailed. Now, do you think that having to get that layer of granularity and detail with these ships has helped you in your you know creative process? I mean, definitely with your your cityscapes seem to have a lot of you know real attention to detail as well. Do you, do, yeah. do you think there's a correlation? I, there? I, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, I got really into the like technical aspect of things, and you know, I really like to to be able to zoom in and see a lot of detail. And also zoom like way out and see a huge vast space. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that yeah, looking at some of them and kind of seeing how how yeah how, how intricate they are, but like the, you're saying that pull out pull in thing, you can really 
get that from from some of your work. It's almost like two di- two different paintings within one has that kind of versatility. So that's really, yeah. One of my theories is the jobs that we don't love, or we sometimes call them shitty, like the, sh- the shitty job you had, are some of the most important because it teaches you things or gives you the reality of what you know what what you don't want with life or taking pieces away from it, maybe from working for somebody else and what have you. So I think that's a I think that's a cool story that you know you were working on that type of stuff yeah, and just to see where you are, especially, especially with your stuff that's a little more out there, you know, it's a little, you know, to, to think that you're working in a very, uh, I don't know, Navy's very, you know, prim and proper. And then you have these like trippy, um, you know, vivid, uh, imagination drawings, I guess, uh, for lack of a better description. Oh man. Yeah. You, you nailed it. I mean, it's when you spend your day with the department of defense, <laughs> right exactly you know, nothing like... sounds better than just getting wild at the end of the day on some paints for sure <laughs> yeah i love that right you just kind of get to go in and it's like very proper you have your badge all the security clearance and shit and then you come home and it's like i'm just gonna draw this crazy character that doesn't exist in reality like there you go take that yeah man that was uh pretty crazy to like you know go to the fbi and get all my uh, credentials set up, <laughs> like get interviewed by the FBI. Now you're, you're a, uh, you're a long haired bearded gentleman. Did you get, did they make you clean up for that gig or did you kind of rock the long, the long flow? Yeah. I had to sort of be high and tight for sure. And then, you know, near the end when I knew I was going to be quitting, I just kind of let it go. I was like, yeah, fire me, please. <laughs> but they didn't, Yeah, they, you know, <laughs> they did it. They're like, he's good at his job. We'll, we'll deal with that. Deal with that scruff. Uh, yeah, the last yeah. department I worked in was uh, hovercrafts, which I thought was pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty badass. But I never get to ride one, so I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, you should have kept saying like, if I if I ever got to ride one, I'd really be able to better understand it creatively and better represent it. Yeah, like uh, they're like, yeah, each. Each hovercraft ride equals six months of being an employee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, I mean, that, yeah, that would been a cool story. We sort of, we probably went off on a hovercraft tangent for a while, and then just you know talked about that for a while. But like I said, you're you're really you know you just finished up your show. Now, what can you tell us a little about the show recently at uh, Curation? What was uh yeah? Did you have a, a theme to your pieces that you brought, or you know what was the story? Dude, there? I gotta tell you, you gotta go see this gallery in Lowell called curation 250 there's a guy who goes by eye formation and he you know it's it's his brainchild with with his girl ellen and uh they run this gallery um it's in the top floor of an old mill building in Lowell at mill number five and um it is pristine it's like they're, they're going for like an urban art gallery so they're trying to aim it toward more towards like mural artists who also want to do a gallery show and um i did it with so this was their first show was they offered me to do their first show and i said i wanted to do it with my friend felipe so me and felipe did a two-man show to open the gallery and it was awesome very well attended people bought stuff i didn't know what to expect from Lowell, but you know we were selling stuff and they even have a uh a vending machine where you can get spray paint inside the gallery. Oh, it's pretty wow. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in general, I, I even told him, I was like, this is one of my favorite gallery experiences I've ever had. Just, they're so nice. They're so helpful. 
You know, they studied up on the artists so that they could speak about the artists to uh, potential buyers. That's huge. Yeah, I think that is that is huge. And we did our show last year at a gallery, and I was definitely a little bit uh, out of our element. But like I said, you have uh, knowledgeable people. It really kind of helps make it all make sense. So which yeah, where the, which which gallery did you do your show at? Uh, last year we did it at Keller Liddell, which is in right. It's it's technically in New Haven. It's in the Woodbridge area of New Haven. Yep. It's uh yeah, it's right near New England Brewing Company. So we had it there for for three weeks, and we had uh, eleven artists. But um, yeah, it was a little more traditional type space. It was you know there's some yeah it was cool. It was my first time doing anything like curating anything like that, and so it was really it was really a lot of fun. You know, but we had some limitations. But it was it was a wonderful experience. Dude, I I did a art of I know. craft brewing show. Uh, I forget where it was in Massachusetts, and I went there, and it was like poster like pieces of paper with photos of beer, like just thumbtacked to the wall. And it was just like, they hung my paintings like in the hallway to, that goes to the bathroom that like couldn't even, like it wasn't even part of the gallery. It was like, why did you hang all these like pieces of paper with thumbtacks in the gallery and then put the actual paintings in like the bathroom hallway? Dude, I ripped all my paintings down that moment, took them home. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, yeah, because cause that's the thing that you know we and we just did one. We just finished up the one we did. Uh, we did one in Maine, and what I, all the artists would say, "Well, what do you want?" I said, "I don't want it. This is not a college dorm room. You know, I'm not trying to do big printouts of your labels. Like we really want it to be something unique. And we also realize that while you do labels for beer, like you're an artist, and so you know, kind of get get weird with it, you know. And it, it was cool the space we did it in Maine, and we'll do it. You know, we'll do one next year there. We're, it's going to be an annual thing. Um, it's a former, it's, well, I guess it's still redemption center, but it's a, it's kind of like this community we work space and they had these great walls and, you know, it was, you know, we had space for them to hang stuff, but then it was like, if you want to draw on the walls and paint while you're here, you know, that's cool too. Like it was just kind of really freeing. I felt like it was definitely was a lot of fun in that regards. You know, one of the artists, uh, Heidi, who did the 48 beer project where she drove around the country and lived out of her car. And, you know, she had a, well, she originally converted a bus, but it broke down. So she then got a, a car that she made her like traveling studio. And we just drove the car right into the space. It was like right there on the floor. It was really cool. It was, we had it was definitely a lot more free. That sounds more cool than uh, poster prints. Yeah, yeah. I just it does. That's what I said. Like, I people were like, "Well, you want me to use my labels?" I was like, "No, anyone can see that. You know, you can go to any liquor store or, or go to the, the brewery and see that." I said, "Really? You know, I'd maybe see some early comps or you know sketches. Like that would be dope. Like to see the pencil sketches or what got you there. Like I'd be, I would love that. But I don't really. I was just like, please don't, you know, print out. You know, like, you know, like you're saying. So, yeah. but I mean, I brought the, I, I brought, brought the labels from Aeronaut that I did the actual paintings that made the labels. You know I mean? Right, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, but it's like I don't want a piece of paper that's or like you know or some. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's tough because it's just you know you have to you have to think you have to think bigger. You know, and I think that's what we're trying to do. And we're also we have the beer from the breweries there, so we try to flip it on its head from like traditional beer. You know, beer events where people are just trying to drink as many beers as they can in a short period of time. So we even separate the beer from the art area, so it's not too focused on the beer you know we've heard of others trying to do similar stuff and it's basically just like a, a beer fest that happens to have like a 
like your community craft show vibe with like a little table of like a print or two. So I don't know. It's a work in progress, but we're we're trying to we're thinking about doing them in other places around the country and so I'll definitely bounce on you for some ideas and I don't know, maybe I'll reach out to Curation two fifty. They seem like good people. Oh man, I'm telling you, like I know it's like a lot of galleries closed down in Massachusetts and Boston because it's like the rents are just going up, you know, infinitely. But I guess Lowell has has what it takes, you know, low rent, so you can have an awesome space. It's, yeah, I think it's important. I think the whole the space makes a show, so it's really cool. They even have like the back of the the backing of the Lowell mayor, who's helping them get more murals in the area now too. Pretty sweet. Yeah, that's something that we're where we really want to do is uh, figure ways because um, Connecticut, Connecticut's a weird state. Like we have like the Richie Rich and then like the you know struggling to get by you know, families, and so the idea is if we could get more inspiring art and creativity in the areas, you know, it would inspire people just like walking to work or going to school every day and just kind of you know giving that inspiration, you know, just with you know beautiful art and creativity. Dude, I must say. Connecticut gets a bad name and you know I've seen those uh I've seen those Richie parts but I mean I'm in a band called Mollusk and we go down to New London regularly to play because people there are like super into it you know it's like people knew so yeah Connecticut's so many weird little like infrastructures and like culture it's it's really crazy it's really it's a crazy place you know we'll we'll play shows that are sold out down there and you know up in boston maybe we'll get like 25 people (laughs) it's like the huge so where do you where do you play where do you play in connecticut in new london usually at uh either at uh 33 golden or there was a, a diy space that we used to play called the orphanage Okay. So, you know, just in general, like the scene there is like very like hesh. You know what that means? Like very like just like gutter punks. You know, just like yep. <laughs> yeah, love it. My nephew, my nephew is in the different. He's he was more in his. Uh, he was used to be in like really screamo and like some of that like a little harder stuff. And they, I was I always tell like that I've shows in people's basements and like those shows would like turn into like a, it'd be like a venue and it was so it was so cool to me while i didn't get it musically i just loved that there was like this you know passionate like okay well we like this type of music there's not a venue that's going to play it like we're going to make we're going to make our own and i it, it was always it, always cool to me it's kind of like if you know you build what they will come type stuff yeah that's um that's new london in a nutshell for sure like you know people just they want they're like thirsty for culture you know so they you know, whatever show it is, they're going to show up because, you know, they're looking for something to do and that's where everyone else is going. So yeah. Mollusk, check it out. Yeah. Yeah. How do you spell it? Like the, like the, like the show? Yeah. M O L L U S K. Yeah. We're kind of like uh, doom metal. <laughs> okay. Very, like Sabbath. Nice. All right. That's your, look at you though. These creative outlets. I love it. Especially, and uh, congrats, you know, you're, you've got two little ones. You said your one's a little over one and a half, so I don't know how your sleep schedule is, but um, you're definitely uh, using, your, using your time wisely, man. I mean, we're blessed with uh, two little girls who like to sleep very hard, so that's good. Don't jinx I it. I, mean, I can't, I'm not, not going to talk about it. It's a, I don't want to jinx it, so we'll just move <laughs> on. So 
Yeah, no, I'm being serious. Like that's the biggest gift you can get. It's this the sleep. It was like, oh shit, wait, they're not waking up. So for for the kind of fine art novice, aka me, like how long are you traditionally spending on some of your some of your pieces? You know, your maybe one of your, your cityscapes. What, what's the amount of time you're putting into to put into that? I know it's a kind of vague question because your canvases are different sizes, but uh, yeah, I'd say I figured, you, know. you know, large painting could be up to. An oil painting could be up to five or six months. And, but, you know, you can do like, and they call it like a a la prima style, which is like wet on wet. I think it's Italian for um, at first attempt. So that's kind of like what a traditional like oil study is. It's just one, one session and you're just painting on top of the paint and it's getting all it's mixing and it's getting all messy, but that's, um, that would be more like a one day study, but then, you know, I will go like months and months on a larger oil painting because, you know, it has to dry in between and, you know, it's nice to, uh, put it down while it dries for a couple of weeks and pick it back up again. And then, and then I feel like that way you really know, like you can look at it immediately and be like, all right, I need to change you know, A or B. It's like, if you're looking at it constantly every single day, you you won't really notice, you know, what's wrong with it. But, yeah. Now for, for the cityscapes, are those, what, what is your basis for that? Are you taking photographs you've taken or share experiences you had, or how do you kind of find the, yeah, I take photos everywhere for, I for go. Work? And, uh, you know, photos, sketchbook, Sometimes just uh, memory, and but most of the time it's a mixture of all three: photos, sketching, and memory. Yeah, the most recent, yeah, because I was, I was, I've been drawing because the the one I keep going back to, and it, you just most recently posted it, but is the, uh, the the Amsterdam one. Like I said, we were talking earlier before we started, and I I lived in Rotterdam for a while, and I've gotten to go back a couple times. Uh, you know, I went back earlier in the year, and so. Answer it's just yeah I, I keep going back to it I, I want to I, I love it so the fact that it's a little one of your highlight sections is the Netherlands you know oh well it's pretty cool to me I mean the reason I went to Amsterdam last year was because I applied for like I don't know something crazy like thirty grants residencies and gallery call for entries and I got zero <laughs> like. Oh my God. Like each one is like 30 to $50 to apply. So spent a fortune on applying to all different things. Cause I wanted to broaden my horizons and, um, you know, people are like, Oh, well, you know, we need a female artist actually to fulfill our requirements. Sorry. You know, I get a lot of that stuff, which is fine. I mean, I understand, but it's like, I was like, I need to, maybe I'll just make my own residency. So me and a couple of friends went to uh, Amsterdam and just like, you know, brought a bunch of paint and canvas and uh, I wonder if you can guess how many paintings I did when I was there. <laughs> I know, I guess I, I go through, I, there's, the, there's, canal, there's a tons of canal ones. I mean, the more, I think there's probably at least a dozen. Right? <laughs> I did, I I did zero paintings when I was there. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I uh, took a million photos and and did some sketchbook stuff, but 
it was just so packed with people. And then the reason I, I chose Amsterdam was, you know, some of my favorite painters from art history are from Holland. And uh, I was like, I need to go see these paintings in person. Maybe I could soak up some of that juice. Yeah, the Van Gogh is pretty amazing here. Yeah, man. I mean, that's it's kind of the center of like, you know, like pushing the envelope. Like Hieronymus Bosch was always one of my favorites. You know, he only did like 35 paintings in his life, but completely changed the course of art history, inspiring Dali and and you know other surrealists. Yeah, last time I was there uh, at the MoMA in Amsterdam was a Dali Banksy. Uh, you know the whole that was it. That was the whole show. It was it was incredible. It was basically like fifty fifty in the in the building right there. And then yeah, they were yeah. It was just like it was killer. They were advertising that when I was because I was there about like a little less than a year ago, and they were. Uh, advertising it then yeah it was great and it was like then they had this art art fair outside and there's local artists there and it was just like i mean it's just always a good a good vibe when you know i was over there so i really yeah i was really drawn to that a lot no pun intended <laughs> And we are back. You're listening to episode 130. Yes, that many of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. This week's special guest, Mr. Adam O'Day, dropping all sorts of knowledge. And it's really, uh, it's really helpful. It's really insightful. We do talk about curators and galleries, and we're probably a little bit out of our element. Um, I definitely, you know, we have our experience with uh, Keller Liddell and work we've done in the past, but, you know, we really wouldn't say that we're experts on that. I don't know if we'd say we're experts in anything, but I just think that it was nice to be able to get some perspective, know what we like, you know, know what you like out there, you know, what we're trying to do for, for future, you know, events um, that we might be doing, um, potentially Philly Beer Week. And we're just, uh, we're having a great time because, you know, Sometimes these, interv- these interviews are unscripted. allows us the opportunity to ask questions. You know, they might seem silly, but you know, you're probably wondering the same thing and just kind of learn about you know, the different art and experiences and the series he's doing and cityscapes and just really kind of how he got his start. You know, I think it's really cool the, you know, the job he had you know, working. Uh, too bad he didn't get, you know, get to work on hovercrafts, but really just the, that attention to detail for the military and having that kind of chapter in the story, and as we said earlier, kind of the lead-in before, kind of having to, you know, fail or, you know, him saying that, you know, throwing the paint and kind of almost kind of, uh, you know, fuck you to the art, you know, not put words in his mouth, but, you know, really kind of help revitalize and give kind of a, a second second win to his love of art and his style and you know helped him you know find his his unique I guess uniqueness I don't know if I I don't like how that sounds but I just really I really enjoy his pieces I really enjoy the the oil paintings uh, especially some of the the New York City and the the Holland or the Netherlands Amsterdam pieces I just really uh I really liked what he's doing and you're thinking hey we didn't really get into the beer stuff yet 
Well, this is one of those interviews that was hard to find a, a spot to chop and to have the, the middle segment. So we thought it'd be cool if we do it right before the aeronaut introduction, how that came to be, tell you that story. Stay tuned towards the end. There's a kind of a debut knowledge being dropped. And, uh, you know, you learn all sorts, all sorts of goodies here at the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Care for Beer podcast. Adam O'Day, Adam underscore O'Day on Instagram and AdamJOday.com. You can find out more information about his work, where his next uh, shows are going to be in the future. And uh, you'll definitely that will be one of the first places to go to be able to purchase some of those uh, prints from his, uh, I mean pieces, excuse me, from his um, uh, recent shows that he did uh, in P-Town and Lowell and uh, and beyond. So let's get right back into it. I think... Uh, I think this is a good one. I think we're at a good point here. And uh, I don't know. This is a good episode. It's really uh, it's a great way to get back into it after all the craziness that was getting ready for Maine. Really get some knowledge dropped on us. And it's pretty fresh. And we recorded this one earlier in the week. And, you know, we are, uh, we're getting it right to you. So that's how quick we work. And we're just having a great time doing it. So without further ado, here is part two, Adam O'Day, 16-ounce canvas. So, so let's talk... Um so let's talk about how you teamed up with Aeronaut. You know, def- you're you're a fine artist. You have these, you know, detailed and beautiful paintings that you're, you're working on on the regular. How did how did you come to team up with a brewery to, to decide to put some of those bad boys on a on a label? Well, um, me and uh, this artist called Septic teamed up for a two man show. There, we did a bunch of collaborative paintings. Septic the outlaw. And, um, yeah. Septic, yeah. And, um, we, so when our paintings were hanging up, you know, the, I got to talking with the CEO at the time who's Ben Holmes and he's saying like, Oh, we need to get you guys on a label. Like this stuff is insane. Like very like gross and, you know, just kind of out there. Like, he's like, I've never seen anything like this before. We got to get you guys in here. And, uh, yeah, so we did a few, well, I did a few solo and then we were trying to figure out like which beer to do a collaborative with septic. And then, uh, we finally did it, um, a few months ago. It was called some of the parts and it was, uh, you know, like a disgusting brain monster coming down from outer space, you know, haunting a neighborhood. And, uh, if you had the beer, man, it's so good. It was like aeronauts kind of known for being one of those, like, real powerful flavors, New England IPAs, but this one was like very chill. It was like, you could definitely like drink it all night and not be like thinking it was too harsh. Mm -hmm. You know, like some of those that are out there that like make your mouth turn inside out. (laughs) Yeah. Just destroy your palate. And you're just like, Oh yeah. I never, yeah. You could drink like lighter fluid afterwards and not notice cause you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, so that was that was uh basically Ben from Aeronaut is just really into stuff that's far out. You know, the other artists that they use, Raul and uh well, who's I forget the last I think uh Fish McGill has done a couple as well. 
I wasn't, I wasn't sure that one either. I was like, okay, I'm writing this down as you say it. So I'm like, oh, good. That'll be good in the future for me to try to have another artist on. But yeah, that one yeah I'm, Raul. Raul the third. I'm sure yeah. you've yeah, we've had Raul. seen his stuff. Yeah, we've had Raul, yep. Raul on. Um, He's a good dude. Yeah, he was episode 81. So it's kind of crazy that we're in the 130s now. Yeah, he was. that was the first uh, I, I heard of you guys uh, was when Raul posted this. I, I went and listened to it. That was the first one I heard. Cool. I appreciate you listening, man. But uh, one of the ones I really like that you did, uh, where is it? I'm trying to pull these up so I, like, I can act like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, the Edge of, of Beyond. I mean, I think that's just a great one and how you just have like the little tiny can tab just kind of in you know in there. But it's uh, it's really vivid and it's uh, I love the, the colors and what's going to, it's just kind of uh, has like a campfire gone wrong and just the darkness and yeah there's a lot of things going on in that one so that was i, was, I love that they turned that one into a, a can well that yeah that one was uh yeah they always have the can tab in the middle that's like their uh little aeronaut logo they always mm-hmm. have on all their cans but um yeah that one was just like i stopped by the brewery because they were sponsoring one of my art shows and they're like, oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do this beer called the Edge of Beyond, so maybe start thinking of some sketches. So I was like, ha, oh, I know exactly what I'm gonna do. Like I already started on that painting. I was like, this is definitely the painting that should be for the Edge of Beyond. And so I worked it up like real quick because they said they needed it by the end of the month, and so I only had like two weeks. Oh wow! And I just kind of like made the final product. Like instead of just doing a sketch, I was like, I just like did a full mock-up of the design, and they were just like, the first time ever, they were just like, all right, cool, let's do it. <laughs> it was like, usually they they want to, you know, have some input, and um, and and they usually have like really great concepts, but you know, we had such a short amount of time that uh, had to had to get it done without any input and actually I really liked it because you know normally you get you get all these people giving ideas and then you know the ideas kind of get lost sometimes but this one was just like the only concept is the name of the beer the edge of beyond just go with it I, I loved it it was awesome yeah I I mean I, the fact that you whipped it up after a time before how you, you know sometimes you can work on those for months and that they came up with that one, which is one of my favorites in a couple of weeks. It's kind of, it must've been a little bit freeing just to kind of like have to work within those con- constraints of, uh, of the time to, to come together with that. And it killed it. Well, yeah, he was like, uh, Ben who, who does all the, the marketing and the, not the marketing, but the, uh, art direction. He's mm-hmm. like, usually I like to work with artists to come up with the concepts, but in this case, it's fucking badass and we're gonna go with it <laughs> <laughs> right you're like uh here it is all right cool you like it yeah he was like on vacation so like he wasn't available so i just kind of had to go with it but that was a collaboration with uh lamplighter brewing so they they each made their own version of the recipe and so like the aeronaut version is like slightly different from the lamplighter one just because of the equipment yeah i always love that right i mean we said we we're going to talk about beer, but it's just kind of beer and art are kind of similar. You can give everyone the same tools, and what people come out with is, you know, it's it's has it's different. So it's uh, that's always interesting to see. And I like I like when breweries kind of push the envelope a little bit with that, and not just you know, and try to 
take some chances like that? You know, there's not too many other, you know, products out there that are really going to let artists go as crazy. You know, it's like maybe like weed labels or something, but like seriously, like tall boy beer cans, it's like the ultimate product that you can go nuts with it. Yeah. Yeah. The new, everyone's just saying it's the, we should, like the modern day kind of uh, album cover, you know, it's cool. And I think that it allows people to take chances and it's, it's supportive and it's become a really strong branding technique, you know, just knowing that this, this brewery supports, you know, artists. And so, I mean, obviously we, we love it cause we, we, we wouldn't be doing this almost three years later, but it's just been, it's been really great to, to see and kind of go down the, the rabbit hole of all these amazing artists and learning more about them off the can than, you know, their, their can work. Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah. Right. Life is good. And then the first one you did for them was, I believe was it was gravity assist. The first one, is that the first one you guys do with them? The first one was, um, tomorrow, the world, uh, okay. which was, uh, a squirrel holding up the world. And it was, you know, shining, the world was real sparkly and uh you know he's kind of like a mad scientist trapped in a post-apocalyptic amusement park <laughs> but <he's> a <laughs> pink squirrel yeah squirrel that one was like a uh, cranberry farmhouse ale it was like very tart and and tasted kind of like cranberry fruit punch it was crazy so is that the same squirrel that's in the other one then is he kind of that's that recurring character yeah oh nice Again, Which folks. actually, that that character was originally from a Raul can. I think it was like one of the first cans that Raul did. He had a little squirrel in the corner, and Ben was like, "I feel like we need to take this squirrel and create a whole world where the squirrel lives." <clears throat> and Raul was cool with it. I was like, "Dude, is it cool? If, <laughs> is it cool if I like take your character and render it in my style and everything?" And he's like, "Oh hell yeah, go ahead." That's fucking dope. Yeah, little world, world, world of squirrels. So I hope we'll see the squirrels next next adventure uh, on the can. Remember, folks, you can go to Adam underscore O'Day on Instagram and then Adam J O'Day dot com. So you just finished up the show. What's uh, what's on the uh, what's you know what's next down the pipeline? How many? What are you what are you working on? I feel like it's a kind of a vague ass question. You probably have like ten pieces you're currently working on, but well, usually, um. I do most of my showing in the summertime in Provincetown at Woodman Shimco Gallery, which is open usually through Halloween, so it's still open. You can go check it out. And I have, um, I don't know, maybe like a dozen or so paintings up still through the, the end of the season. And, um, and they usually take a majority of those pieces out to the other gallery that they have in Palm Springs. And so I'll be showing in Palm Springs, California through the rest of the winter. And I hope to make it out there, you know, do some live painting, you know, feel some warm temperatures and yeah. swimming pools. I was going to say, <laughs> just the fact that you're not freezing your ass off in New England, figure a way to get yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, Woodman Shimko has a gallery in P-Town and a gallery in Palm Springs, California. And, um, it's just a really great gallery to be a part of because they, they're they not, like, real snobby. You know, you can walk in and 
you know, the dude's just like petting his dog and uh, Woody and Joe run the gallery, both galleries in uh, both cities. And that's why I, I really wanted to be a part of their galleries because when I walked in, they made me feel welcome. They didn't make me feel intimidated because most of the time that's how you feel. I mean, even as just a customer or a, a viewer, you know, you feel like, I shouldn't be in here. I'm not worthy. I'm, I don't, I don't understand. I'm not part of the elite, but with Woodman Shimko, you don't feel that at all. It's very down to earth. Yeah. I mean, as a consumer or whatever I am, I mean, I feel, I definitely feel intimidated. Like I'm less, I, I wouldn't just pop in. There's like, you know, if I was in, I'm in New York city a lot and I just feel some of those places I wouldn't just pop in. Cause it's like, Oh, just yeah but there are some when you find out those places you can go in and ask questions and not you know it it makes you want to go into the next place more so the places like that are really really important i feel because art is you know something that should be shared by everybody yeah they they'll uh those places in chelsea new york they kind of look at you like uh see what kind of clothes is this person wearing like how much money do they have it's it's pretty much like a disgusting um reality that we've reached but you know there's still plenty of galleries out there that are staying true for sure yeah i saw a video it was like kind of like a fuck you to that it was like a guy came into like a really high-end car dealership and he was wearing like like sweatpants and a ragged t-shirt and some kicks and like they blew him off like you know whatever and then you know he left it came back in the you know in that car from somewhere else and he's like i just bought this in cash you know at the other dealership where they like treated me with respect and they were and they you know those guys would have had their you know month you know, their year quota right there on that one car and it was just kind of uh i mean it was definitely a deliberately a deliberate narrative but it was uh i found it interesting yeah you never know i mean i i know plenty of uh like rich art buyers who are very like you know, you wouldn't, if you saw them, you wouldn't know what kind of cash they, they're dealing with, you know, like a lot of art collectors too, they kind of base their purchases on that, like how they're treated. Yeah. You don't have to wear a uniform to be. Yeah. I mean, it's like, what, what is the right attire? I mean, it's kind of the whole, got to break that mold of people thinking that it's more of a, even just a life, life thing with people. And I don't want to just generalize either. I mean, there's, I know tons of people that run galleries that, that do a great job. So, you know, proper respect to them. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough gig, too. I mean, it's definitely, uh, if you're successful, yeah, they have a method to the madness. So, I mean, I'm just... Yeah, I mean, like, gallery curators, that's, that's a tough job. I mean, they get a bad rap, but that's like dealing with artists. I can only imagine, like, how annoying that is. <laughs> Oh, I can I mean, I've I've had to deal with it on the tiniest of tiniest scales, like it may, like not even a drop in a bucket, and the questions and things that I get requested, and it's just like okay, I can only imagine when you get people who are selling paintings that are you know or or on the on the reverse side have this like you know, almost like the brown M and M's you know rider type stuff or what they need or what they expect. And so <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, I don't envy that either. It's not a it's not an easy job. I don't I would, that would be an interesting. Uh, an interview to interview to a curator oh for sure um i might be able to give you some ideas <laughs> <laughs> yeah the little spin-off shows yeah i always think of that. I always yeah just, that yeah that lowell gallery um i formation he'd be uh 
he'd be a good one because he's also an artist. You know what I mean? So yeah, he could he sees both sides give you both sides. Yeah. Oh man, man, I mean, I can only imagine. Like, like, what's the weirdest request you get or questions you get from people? Yeah. Oh yeah, I never really answered. Like, so yeah, my next show isn't until next year. So I'm kind of one guy. To get, I got done with my my big two shows, and so now I have to come up with a new series because you know the remaining pieces will go on my website, but the pieces for 2020 you know, haven't begun yet. <laughs> I haven't started the next series. So that's what I'll be doing between now and 2020. Now, are you, you, you thinking you're going to keep it with your kind of the, the two key series that you have, or are you, you, you open to seeing what, what, what comes next, the kind of the cityscapes or like the... the more... I, kind of, I kind of want to do like a nature series because I've been going through some personal stuff and I just want to kind of like do some meditative kind of you know take take the easel out into nature yes and do some plein air paintings just you know like waterfalls and trees you know I don't really I think I've done enough urban landscapes for now <laughs> like, I, would, I would like you see you go to Philadelphia and do one in Philadelphia that, that's just a personal thing just from it has nothing to do with you know, but you should head up to, if you're looking for nature, man, you just I mean, we're in a great place, you know, just head north, you know, go to Vermont or Maine or what have you and get, yeah. get lost in a cabin for some time. Yeah. I just went to Lake George, um, just got back, um, Sunday night and, uh, you know, took a million photos, did some sketching. I actually brought paint again, but didn't use it because I ended up, I was like, I caught the fishing bug over the course of the weekend, I caught a bunch of fish and, um, I was like, well, I guess it's, uh, that time in my life where I'm an old guy who likes to fish. <laughs> yeah. How old are you? So we can compare notes. I'm 38. Oh, good. You're kind of like, yeah, you're, you're coming up. I'm 40. So you're, yeah, you're getting there. Yeah. You're, you're moving on up in the old man world. But yeah, I, I've, I've gone fishing a few times recently in which I was younger version of myself at a younger age I'm like what are you doing dude I kind of I kind of enjoy it just I like activities more now where I don't like it they're a little more low-key and relaxed well because I feel like I'm always moving and shaking when you can kind of just slow down and watch the you know watch the things happen it's it's nice yeah man I, I didn't even bring my own fishing pole I borrowed somebody's pole and caught a bunch of largemouth bass and smallmouth bass and um random other small fish but it was pretty awesome lake george it's like nobody there this time of year so we had like an entire island to ourselves you know an island with like 50 campsites on it all to ourselves yeah the joys of camping which is which is really nice just to get away so yeah i totally uh i wish yeah we're going to try to get camping once at least once more this fall do it up so you gotta, you gotta do it soon. I <laughs> know. Start it's gonna freeze our, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, so we'll yeah, we're definitely uh, scouring the the websites, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, my brother runs a campsite down in Georgia called Hatch Camp, and that was like kind of his old man um, decision. You know, he like started to do fly fishing all the time, uh, similar type of thing. You know, as like a meditative way to uh, get through some personal stuff but it turned into like a massively successful business now he teaches 
fly fishing and he also built a stage because he's a musician as well and he has a venue on the property so people can come do the fly fishing afterwards you know have a drink and watch uh some live folk music because it's north georgia so it's very uh yeah you couldn't have your death metal down there after like a relaxing relaxing day of fishing it's like all right now we're gonna now we're gonna shake your campsite until until you tell us to stop yeah I, i think it's ah that's so i think it's wonderful when people just kind of go for it you know yeah you're like he was he was uh living in athens georgia and just decided you know what i'm gonna move to the country buy a piece of land with a river on it and just like be a fly fishing destination it's pretty cool man that is cool it's inspiring hatch I think. camp yep hatch camp we'll plug that shit hatch camp down in georgia go uh get your fly fishing on and uh say hello to adam's brother and maybe play some tunes yeah i love that just a little stage right it's all the things that he, lo- he loves music he loves fishing he loves relaxing so he just now it's he's like literally like his job so it's dope hell yeah man he's a good dude too and, uh, and his his stage name is scott Lowe. so if you're looking for some uh americana sort of folk outlaw country you know Scott Lowe, he's he's got like maybe two or three albums as a solo artist, and then his old bands have uh, countless other albums. I mean, I think he's probably made he's got to have made twenty albums by now. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's another thing. It's yeah. like for artists now, you don't have to do all the bullshit. Before it was really hard to get on iTunes or all those sites, and now it's a lot easier to do that. I mean, I used to manage a band and. You had to be on a label to get on iTunes or all this stuff, and now you know now it's you can be independent and get get up on there. And so, dude, all you gotta do is pay CD Baby like thirty bucks. <laughs> yep, CD Baby was the best. I mean, that was oh, they were they were king. I mean, they're still around. CDBaby.com if you go and check them out. But with uh, yeah, they're they're good people over there. So so Adam, someone who's kind of made you know making a career of it and is really passionate about what they do, you know, and you have you've had some interns. So what kind of advice are you giving to somebody maybe a little little junior or starting out? You know, it's definitely uh, it's not an easy easy grind, but it's uh, it's fulfilling. I mean, what would you say to somebody? I think there's you know some some things that are important to uh, think about, like you know, in order to get your own style, you have to sort of learn the traditional methods and be able to paint and draw instead of like, you know, Photoshopping every last detail of a design and like projecting it and like using, like, I'd say like, don't let the technology like guide your style. Like I'd say develop your style first and then use all the technology elements to your advantage you know, it's like, I, I see so much of this, like, you know, like overproducing your own designs in Photoshop before even starting, like drawing or painting. I feel like that's, that's not the, the way to develop a style. Like if you're a young artist, I'd say really draw, just draw and paint and practice a lot. And, um, and you'll get there, you know, like you could really get wrapped up in like looking in Instagram and looking at all like the the big names out there and 
you know, you're kind of like jumping ahead. You, you need to uh, really just develop your style uh, organically. And also, like, you don't need to go to art school, you know? Like, I went to art school because I, I wanted to learn the uh, all the computer program stuff so that I could do all my own marketing. I could do all my own photography and, you know, be a one-man team as a, as opposed to like having to having to like hire someone to do all the computer stuff or all the photography stuff. I could just do it all myself. I mean, now I'm like, I don't have time, but, uh, that, I mean, that was my thought process was like use college to, to learn all the, all the, uh, computer elements, but you don't need to go to art school. You know, if you like, if you're, if you're talented, if you're gifted, I feel like just practice is enough. I don't know. It's all I could think of right now. <laughs> it's pretty good advice. I mean, the, the beauty of the, the internet is, you know, there's so many uh, videos out there, people wanting to you know, give you some perspective and whatnot, you know, become, so if you really, if you kind of grind, I mean, yeah, I don't want to tell people not, whether, where they go to school or not go to school. We're not ready to make that commitment yet. But like, I just, yeah, I, I agree. There's, there's a lot of ability to, to learn things out there you know, on your own if you're, if you're committed to it. And, uh, it's really, that's, that's one of the beauties of, uh, of the interwebs. You know, we taught ourselves how to do production and create a podcast. We had no idea how to do that. So, you know, yeah, here we are. I told my, uh, so my intern's name is, uh, Shane Leonard. He was, um, a center for Boston college football team and then he got injured. So we decided that he was going to go back and, and start painting again. You know, I guess he, he painted as a, as a kid, but wanted to get back into it you know he's he's very into spray paint and doing uh doing some murals around but uh he came to me to try to learn some more traditional painting techniques and so for the whole summer we just like sat around in the studio painting like traditional scenes like still life you know, like paint glass, paint, you know, various textures and like learn how to paint traditionally. That way, when he goes to do his murals, you know, he has all those extra pieces of knowledge that he can use as opposed to just like, you know, he, he really likes to paint like Marvel. He likes to paint like Venom and stuff like that. And so like we painted a Venom piece together in oil paint and I showed him like, you know, how to paint like a shiny surface versus like, you know, a dull surface, you know, just various like things that I've picked up and, um, you know, he's, he's doing it, man. He's, he's already got like a bunch of commissions just from like posting, like we did like a glass of whiskey painting, like he painted that. And then like someone saw that and hired him to, you know, commissioned him to, to paint, a I think it was like a, a glass of cognac <laughs> like for their house and you know he had that training you know made it made it easier for him to uh to pull that commission off and you know i foresee him developing a pretty cool style shane yeah. leonard you heard it here yeah. first yeah a little, little name dropping no i think that's great and i think that you you know that you spend the time to not only you know take on somebody like that but to kind of 
give him some new foundations in, in, in art and perspective that will help him put together better compositions in the future, give him more versatility too, and maybe turn him on to you know, something that he didn't know he really liked to do, which I think you know, taking that risk sometimes and just trying something new is, is, is pretty wonderful. Yeah, people skip over that part where you do, you know, you have to have your foundation of traditional painting and drawing and, you know, form and value and light and all that stuff. Like, you need to understand those things so that when people look at your paintings, they understand what they're looking at. You know, it's like a little bit of, you know, realism mixed into mixed into a abstracted or or surrealist scene is really going to like push your, your work to the next level. I I agree. I mean, I don't know how to do that yet, but I, I agree with what you're saying and the advice that you're giving. I think, I think that's one of the cool things. We get people at different stages of their career who are, you know, but even that, I think just to be an open, wherever you are in your career, to be open to that and try and do things like even you're saying, you, you know, your new series that you're thinking about, you know, it's probably something that, you know, won't be won't come as natural at first but you know, you'll keep pushing it and you'll find you know, you'll have your your third series and we'll see these nature and animal series at some point in the future which i look forward to i mean you've probably seen it on my instagram i did a few like sort of beach paintings over the summer just to sort of because i was out in the cape i wanted to uh i've been seeing a lot of like sort of water paintings and beach paintings around and you know they might be a little bit corny, but uh, I wanted to try one. It looked very relaxing. You know, uh, I wasn't trying to uh, blow anyone's mind. I was just trying to uh, have my own little moments, you know, like whatever. I think it's I'm important. Just... Yeah, I think, I mean, and I like it because it's your interpretation of your experiences. And so that's what I think is really, like you're saying you've you know worked on your photography so that when you take these photos that you're capturing them and then, you're kind of uh, bringing them to life in your own. And I don't know, I like the idea of just kicking it back on the beach and, you know, trying to bring it to life and, you know, having a shared, you know, experience with your, your daughters and your family and what have you. So I think it's, yeah. I think it's important, you know, I mean, I, you I know, know, every photographer is a, uh, you know, a painter and every painter is a photographer. I mean, I think nowadays that, that, that is what you have to do. You have to learn if, if you want to be an artist, you also have to learn how to be a photographer you also have to learn how to be a designer. You have to learn how to write about yourself. You have to learn how to speak about yourself. It's it's crazy. It's it's probably like like the arts and and music. It's probably like the most intense careers that you can have because you have to know so many different things. And like, you know, you're very rarely re- rewarded for it. <laughs> yeah, it's the the one commonality is the the struggling or you know artists are you know you know underappreciated at times. So yeah, I definitely uh, I don't know. I'm looking at some of the some of the beach ones. I I don't know. I like them. So whatever. If you think they're corny, then I think they're corny too, and, and I, that's a compliment. <laughs> I like. What, yeah, I dig them. But like, dude, I went down to Miami for Art Basel for the first time over this winter, and I was like, well. You know, I'm just going to do a couple, like, palm tree paintings and, like, Miami paintings just for fun because I'm here and that's, you know, I brought I brought some paint. I may as well do that. I sold every single one of them in, like, a week. Like, people love that stuff. You know, like, I had no idea that it's probably, like, the fastest that, like, 
I've done paintings and then sold them like immediately. Like people, I guess it, it makes sense. I mean, it's a bit more beautiful than like a New York City like gritty, gray kind of sad painting. <laughs> it's like it's a bit more uh, uplifting, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and people want to go to pl- be taken away uh, to places that they may maybe never go, or you know, they probably. Uh, I don't know, the warmth and sunshine always always kind of resonate with people, I guess. Yeah, I've definitely heard from from fellow artists and and even people I don't know. They're like, "All right, we're we're getting kind of sick of uh, cityscapes. Like, you know, might be time to uh, think about a new series." I mean, that's not why I'm I'm thinking about that, but I, I definitely hear that uh, input from people that like. You know, it's like might be time to uh, broaden the uh, spectrum a little bit. Well, I think it's uh, I, yeah, I, I, like you said, like that's all you're doing. I think you're, yeah. One of the things I've um, can feel is that you're you're just kind of true to what you're feeling, what your calling is, and so if now is that time for your nature period, then you know, let's see what we got, and then it'll probably you know allow you when you're doing your your more lucid paintings, you know, they'll probably add some elements of that. I think, you know, it's always kind of playing off each other each. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think that'd be cool though, man. I like what you said, like taking my, my girl, I have two girls and my wife, you know, out and to nature during school breaks and like going camping. And, you know, my, my ladies have never seen Yellowstone. Like I've been there once and I was like, that would be a cool place to, do some paintings, I think. I've never been. Yeah, uh, I've been one. Yeah, but like you're saying I, when I was I, when, I, when I was younger, I didn't really appreciate it. Yeah, our, our bucket list trip is a uh, is just to rent an RV and just like drive around for a couple of weeks and just to you know and just live live off the that you know that go camping as much as we can and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely do that. That sounds cool, man. Yeah, so you got two boys. I got two girls. Probably <laughs> uh, slightly different. <laughs> yeah it's definitely a little different we got some weirdness going on but uh yeah it's uh i don't know it's just you i always the story i always tell is going to grand central i you know i go to the city a lot for my day job and i don't really just kind of beeline it to meetings and things but when i first took my oldest when he was younger like to see his face when he walked through the you know the atrium there the grand you know grand central by the clock and just all the people yeah. he was just like in awe and so i always kind of try to just like take an extra like you know slow step it for you know a minute or so and just kind of go back to that moment whenever in the city because you don't always stop and appreciate stuff i love that um world trade center uh train station too looks insane yeah it's uh it's definitely uh, that whole that whole area and monument is is pretty pretty amazing um i guess the other big thing um to to finish answering your question on like what's next is the uh the aeronaut um series that we're doing right now series of uh art because it's it's actually like this time around i feel like it's less about the can art and more about the the visual art that we're making for them um do you want to hear about it are you ready this is like yeah i'm ready this is like the first time like they haven't even like hinted at what we're gonna do yet 
All right. But um, I, I don't think they would mind. I think they would be psyched that I'm uh, debuting. Going to pump it up a little bit here. All but, right. Um, so basically, uh, Ben, who's the the founder of Aeronaut, his childhood, uh, one of his childhood friends, his father is uh, Vladimir. He's a Russian guy who specializes in lithograph printing presses and he has a couple of them in Provincetown and so Ben approached me and said hey man have you ever made lithographs do you want to make some lithographs um, with Aeronaut and then we can you know we'll make the lithographs and then that'll be like we'll do four of them and we'll release them over the course of a year every season we'll release a new beer and a series of lithographs to go with it and then at the end of the year, we'll release a four pack of all four beers with all four designs. And so I was like, you know, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, so we, yeah, that the weekend I had my Provincetown show, we created the first two lithographs, um, which is just my design solo. But then the last two will be collaborations with other artists. And um, I don't think we have nailed down the final design collaborative artist yet, but the third one is going to be with Andrew Jacob, who's a pretty well-known graffiti artist who who paints these big crashing waves, like colorful crashing waves, and uh, and he's a, he's been a, a Cape Cod artist for a while now, and he he does like designs for some of the oyster trucks and he actually has his own oyster farm like he i don't know what you call that like an oyster farmer so he is an oyster farmer as well and i don't know just the project itself is going to be crazy like i've never seen a brewery that releases like true lithographs where we <laughs> destroyed the plate at the end so there's only going to be 30 lithographs of each design oh uh, wow and they're gonna they're going to be so and they're going to be selling the lithographs they're like 20 22 by 30 inch archival lithographs i think they're going to be like 250 bucks a piece which i mean i guess it seems like a lot but the the vladimir guy was saying how like most everyone else sells them for 800 800 and up but we decided like you know we probably have a younger audience here at aeronaut so maybe we'll go a little bit lower even though that's like you know the the cost is very high on them to to produce them so it's not like we're going to be making tons of money off of it it's just badass <laughs> it's like it's like so cool each one is going to be a a two color lithograph so we had to make two plates for each and uh I'm going back either this weekend or next weekend to do the third one with Andy Jacob and uh and yeah, we're just really excited about it because, you know, I think that they're kind of breaking new ground here. I think it's wonderful. I think that it just again it shows how important it is, and I think that to really take it off the can and make it a you know a piece that people would have in their homes is just. Uh, I think the, yeah, I think I can see why you're super excited about it. I think it's just uh, you know I know there's not a lot of stuff like that out there. And I think especially at lithograph level, I mean, there's prints and stuff occasionally here and there, but, um, to make it a thing and just something like a series like that, you know, that's kind of your, 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 your spinoff side series, I guess. 
Um, but it's just, um, yeah, it's really, yeah, that's, I think that's great. I mean, so kudos to, to Ben and the team over there for just thinking, I don't know, it's a lot outside I mean, the box. I, mean, I think it's really a big picture, and I think it's really, it just shows that, like, how far things have come. And good, yeah, I think you can get a framed one, too. I think they're going to do that. Like, once they release them, you'll be, you'll have an option between unframed and framed. So, like, you know, that's quite a... It's quite an undertaking. Yeah, they're really, like, uh, they're really, like, investing quite a lot in it. And, it, you know, you're not, you don't really see that much. Like, I, I've heard of people getting you know, a couple hundred bucks from a brewery for like pretty seriously, like amazing design. It's like, you're going to, you know, you're, they're going to make like whatever, 20 grand off the beer and you're going to give the artist like 200 bucks. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yes. We hear, we hear about that story more often than not. And then we hear like, where then, yeah, they shake them down or don't give, like it takes forever to even get the, you know, to even get the payment and so yeah there's just uh just because it's beer folks and beer's fun considered fun and cool doesn't mean that people uh don't have uh questionable business practices you know related to that oh man it's the only industry where you can like treat the uh designer like trash it's like well art is like the only industry where like you know like dude i sold a painting in february and i still haven't been paid for it so you know, this is a reputable Boston gallery that I'm talking about right now. It's like, uh, you know, how many emails and how many calls do you make before you get a lawyer? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, I agree. It's okay. Make a thousand, a thousand variations or changes or tweaks, you know, and what have you. And so, yeah, it's definitely something that like, it, it, when I find out about it, I usually, it makes me hard for me to even su- you know, support them any, yeah, anymore. I don't, you know, so. I, I, I unfortunately understand and have some other shitty stories of folks, you know, on, even on the low end who are getting paid, you know, already realizing they're doing it for less than they would like to, but it's like, all right, you know, glad to be part of this project and they don't get paid, you know, they're, well, it, the beer hasn't come out yet. Well, you finalized the art, you signed off on it, you had me send you everything, you know, it's it's done. That pro- you know, My part of the project is done. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think that that's why Aeronaut is, is starting these new types of things like like they started you know doing murals in and around their uh gallery and beer gardens and you know that's one way that they can generate income for artists and then you know this other project with the lithographs i mean i think part of the reasoning was like how can we get these artists like paid better for for doing like this awesome work for you know because that's it's like half of the marketing for um, a brewery is like badass labels. I mean, you don't need to have a crazy label to have a good successful beer, but you know, some of these breweries like Aeronaut is very funky. Like they're known for being outside of the box. They're known for being funky. So you got to do it. It's a good, uh, yeah, it's a good reputation to have. And, uh, so that brings us to our last question, which I think um, it's going to be interesting, uh, your answer here. But what is your, uh, what are you listening to when you're creating? Do you have certain music? Uh, if you're, I mean, oh man, you know, what's your, what's in your Definitely. playlist? Yeah. What, what do you got going? I'm a major music fanatic, you know, being a musician for my whole life. And 
you know, multi-instrumentalist and my, my family, my brother and sister and both my parents, very musical. Um, so, you know, my own personal taste, I usually go a little heavier. I usually go, you know, metal, punk, hardcore, rock, you know, anything with loud guitars. That's probably like my first preference, but I'm all over the place with, you know, things when I'm painting sometimes if I'm painting, like I kind of try to choose the music to go with the subject matter. So if I'm painting like a beautiful waterfall, probably be listening to some, uh, you know, jazz, maybe like some, some folk or country music. None of that pop country shit though, dog. I'm talking about like my brother, my brother hooks me up with some, some good, uh, true Americana stuff. Like you ever heard, uh, Coulter Wall or Tyler Childers. Coulter Wall, yeah. We got yeah, we got turned on to him uh by one of our guests in the past. Yeah, I was pretty blown away. Yeah, pretty like I don't know, maybe he's like twenty or something yeah. like that, twenty two. Yeah, you watch the we talk you hear his name folks and you're like, Oh, that's cool and you listen to it and you think he's like a fifty year old like man who or even older who's lived this like rough life. And it's like it's almost like, you know, he's baby face in a way and he's got this voice, yeah. So stuff like that is nice for uh studio but i'd say the majority of the time we're talking about doom metal stoner metal old school hip-hop old school rap um you know gotta love wu-tang yeah i'm watching have you watched the the hulu series we, we were watching that it's pretty good i've seen the one on netflix the history or, or hip-hop revolution or whatever it's called yeah, they have like a series, I think RZA and a couple of the guys, like, it's like so far, I think there's like six or seven parts or like episodes and it's like kind of how they all came, like, it, I'm I'm pretty deep in, it hasn't, I mean, the music's like an undertone, but they haven't formed, a, they haven't formed as a band, like as a group yet, but it's cool just to see their, you know, the stuff on the streets and, you know, what have you. So, it, yeah, it's pretty dope. I just love music, man. I think it's very, very intertwined with uh, art. I mean... I have a, you know, art, my band rehearsal studio is in my art studio. So I'll go from painting to drumming back and forth the whole time. You know, I think it's like a paintbrush and a drumstick is pretty close to uh, each other in shape and in the way that you use them. And, uh, so, you're think, a so you're a drummer too? Is that what, is that what you yeah. play in, in, in Mollocks? Yep. And so I think it's kind of like the music and art, you know, you really can't, I really can't like paint in silence. You know, I like to have music playing. Well, dope, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, pull up one of your tracks. Cause yeah, we, we customize it and put the background music for the beds with like the different music. So maybe we'll get you, your brother, and then we'll get some, uh, then we'll get, we'll get a third. We'll pick something. Oh, sweet man. That'd be cool. Yeah, we always try to. Uh, yeah, if that if folks listen to home, if you don't notice that, we always try to customize it with the the music of the of the artist preference. So, so we kind of share like share like a audio vibe of their when when they're creating. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah, this is very chill. Like it's it's very cool just to like talk casually instead of uh, you know being <laughs> yeah. so uptight. Yeah, I can do it with an uptight accent next time. But uh, yeah, it's been, it's, I've been really, I really enjoyed, you know, just kind of 
getting inside your head a little bit and seeing your perspective. Like I said, I really enjoy what you're doing, and I'm excited for you know what's next. And um, oh, be, dude, I, I did a show, an art show in Philadelphia. You say you're from Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, man! I did an art show at like a bong store uh, with Septic in Philadelphia earlier this year. It was like over the winter, maybe like February or March. But mm. uh, yeah, we went down there. It was awesome, and I did take a bunch of photos. And I was like, I'm gonna get to these cityscapes at some point. All right, well, good. But um, and and we just loved hearing the the crazy like deep Philly accent. It's mm. like so crazy. Yeah, yeah. I kind of lost it a little bit. My family gives me a hard time when I some of the words I say they don't have that same uh, draw to it. Like like back in the day, so that's when they were like, oh, there. It was just kind of like a moment of silence and like sadness when I. Because in Philly, you say uh, W-A-T-E-R, water. You say water. And so I, water, I, yeah. when I didn't say that, they were like, what? What did you just say to us? I was like, oh, can you just ha- hand me some water? They're like, oh. It's like we lost <laughs> Yeah, them. I'll take a hoagie with some water. <laughs> yeah, dude, there you go. Call me on the phone, and I'm going to head home and get a hoagie. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I was hoping you'd <laughs> give me some. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, well, thanks so much, dude. I really appreciate your time, and uh, I'm really psyched that you're, you know, what you're doing, and I'm a big fan. I look forward to hearing it, man. Thanks for calling. Cool. I look forward to, to grabbing a beer in the future. So we'll we'll do that next time I'm up in Massachusetts. I'll reach out. All right, man. Check you later. All right, later. AJ all day. And there we have it, folks. Episode 130, Adam O'Day, Aeronaut Brewing, is officially in the books. It's a really good episode. Earlier on, we were rambling on about it. We didn't want to spoil some of the stuff, but, you know, him being a mentor, upcoming new series, you know, the, the work that he's done, those new lithographs that are coming out from Aeronaut, just a lot of great stuff going on, always working. You know, the mural that just came out a couple days ago. Uh, well, it depends on when you listen to this when it uh, happened, but it just really, it was a really good perspective, and it was uh, he was a natural. You know, one of the things he also talked about is not only knowing, you know, painting and going back to the you know the foundation and fundamentals of things, but just kind of the business aspect of it. And I think that was really an important takeaway, which is you know you have to be a photographer, you have to be a writer, you have to be able to you know speak to people, and that's not easy. You know, it's easy, easier said than done. I know that for some folks, that part of the of the business or their career is difficult. And I think, A, to realize that is really important also. There's definitely tricks you can do. You know, writing some of the verbiage or ways you want to, you know, speak about yourself, you know, and just kind of using the tools that you have, you know, keeping little notes, you know, whether you're using notes or, you know, the different apps, what have you. I think that's a really, um, that's his advice for me, but just kind of if you're sending similar promotion and things out over and over again, you know, keep that, you know, put that in a, in a notes folder or, or, you know, it's another thing, text it to yourself or call yourself. And, but the idea is that this is your business. And if you're going to make that leap, there's a lot of little things that, you know, obviously if you, you can paint and do that, you know, there's probably, you know, folks out there who help facilitate or make it a lot easier or, you know, or maybe get to the point, you know, like Adam had, you know, a couple interns and he kind of mentored them. I think that's really cool. 
I think that we would we you know, we would relish the opportunity to to have someone working with us. But I think that just looking at it, you know, you know, stepping back, you know, having a second dimension view of it, I think it's really important to be you know to be aware of that. And I think that was what was really cool. You know, the the different things that he was learning and continues to learn. You know, as he said, you know, he submitted for all of those. Um, uh, opportunities while they didn't work out you know he did get to do a little travel and, and see the world and you know those uh netherland pieces are, are some of my favorite but uh I, I think that this is a great you know lesson on just kind of uh it's not sugar-coated it's not you know fluff it's really just a lot of hard work and determination and being you know consistent and, and true to your craft and you know, learning, learning different techniques and, you know, participating in different opportunities. So I really, uh, I think you'll take a lot away from this one. Remember, it's Adam underscore O'Day. Uh, and then you look at AdamJOday.com, fellow AJ. Uh, we have uh, a few of them, and it's just, uh, it's a good one. I think it's, like I said before, it's, uh, it's good to get back in the swing of it. You know, we've been, uh, been a little crazy getting prepared for hubbub and all, all that goes into that. We're excited to, you know, that we'll be doing that year over year. And we're just uh, excited that we're, uh, we're back here with you. So thank you for your support. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a great weekend. Fall is here. Hoodies and sweatpants. Enjoy that life, especially here in the Northeast. Until next week, everybody.